0: Hello and welcome to our podcast, On Your Marks. My name is Peter and I am the leader of St. Mark's Church in Jersey, a growing, friendly Anglican church in the centre of St. Helier. We want to take the Bible apart and see what's really in there, going beyond the face value to dig a little deeper into certain topics. We will bring you fresh content every week and hope you get a lot out of listening. So, if you're ready, let's go. Hello Ray, how are you today? I'm okay, thank you very much. And a big hello to everyone who's listening. It is a glorious afternoon um, and the window is slightly open, and so you might hear in the background some birds singing, which I just think is a lovely backdrop for our recording today. <laughs> So, um, as usual, I'm sitting with my friend and mentor Ray Speck and we are reflecting on Sunday's service and the passage that we, we uh, looked at. It was a, an all-age service, we had the children in doing lots of fun stuff, so we didn't manage to really get into the nuts and bolts of it. Um, so, the passage we're on today, Ray, is um, Romans chapter 5, mm-hmm. verse 1 to 5. So, in the usual fashion, I'll read it and then we'll crack on. Absolutely. Great. Therefore... because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. What a fantastic bit of scripture, eh?
1: Absolutely. And even the uh, extraordinary ability to make marginal improvements from earlier translations, because, I mean, I noticed um, uh, does not put us to shame, or does not... In the older versions, does not disappoint us, um, yeah. and yet this gets it. It's uh, it's a good translation we're using, by
0: mm. the way. Yeah, we're using the the English Standard Version, the ESV, for anyone um, who's wondering what it is. Well I've got a question just straight away, straight yeah. off the bat. Verse one. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, what what does it mean to be justified by faith?
1: Right. Um, you can use complex language to describe theological truth um, and justification is one of those technical words um, that we so use um, there's nothing wrong with using descriptive language in a technical way um, every discipline you do that um, but here we perhaps need to unpack it a little um, and you can get down to the sort of simplicity of saying it's really to do with just as if I'd never sinned. Oh, I like that. It's one of the old um, sayings that was trotted around for those of us when we were young in the faith.
0: Just as As if...
1: As if I'd never sinned.
0: Wow.
1: In other words, our sin has been laid on... Jesus who died on the cross to pay the penalty for my sin and it is therefore now for me just as if i'd never sinned it doesn't mean i haven't doesn't mean i won't doesn't mean i don't i do sin sadly i need his help to steadily live differently that's the help of the holy spirit in my life. But but in terms of my relationship with God, it now starts from that wonderful reality that I am right with him because of Jesus' sacrifice for my sin. I have been made right in that way. It's not something I struggle to achieve. It's not something that I try and... uh, earn in some way it's something that i'm given by his love and
0: grace okay moving on then randomly then uh what's the difference between justification and righteousness is righteousness a result of justification
1: righteousness um is the substance of my relationship with god that i need to live in a right Relationship with Him, Um, I need to live a life that is righteous, that is holy. Another righteousness and holy, holiness are much the same in our understanding. And justification is the process. It's 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 an active thing that is done by God in Christ on the cross deal with the problem that is my sin. Righteousness is the way I live. Righteousness which is we've talked before, there is righteousness that is imputed, given to me as a gift from God by grace through, God. again, the sacrifice of Christ and righteousness is something I aim for by the grace and help of the Holy Spirit in my life. Two ways to understand righteousness. Mm. One, imputed. Second, battled for. Mm.
0: Yeah. So then thirdly, the, the next word in verse two, you briefly mentioned it, grace. So through him we've obtained access by faith into this grace. Now is that both forms of obtaining righteousness? obtained by faith into His grace, or is this the battling for, or do we just not know?
1: Well, you're speaking of this grace. What is this grace? This grace is the peace of God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That, that is an expression of grace. Grace is God's undeserved, unearned love and favour lavished upon His people. That's what grace is. Grace is evident throughout Scripture, or Old and New Testaments, um, and we see revealed to us a God of grace. And that grace is perceived in so many ways. And here is one of the consequences of grace is his love for us shown by making us right with him mm. through justification. So... Justification, righteousness imputed or discovered, are evidences and demonstrations of God's grace. That God shows His grace for me in that while I was still a sinner, Christ died for me. That's grace, undeserved, unearned. Can never do that.
0: Can I just say, for anyone, and people need to know this if they're listening. Ray, you astound me because I don't actually tell you what I'm going to ask you, and I just throw the question at <laughs> you, and you get, you've got the response. And I know you've been preaching um, the, for so many years, and so, but it is, and that is, that has been your passion. But
1: yeah, yeah. Well, it's my, my passion from the word go, although interestingly i only ever preached one sermon before i was ordained I, and that amazes me wow yeah. and i had i was with george carey's sermon class and george carey who became archbishop of canterbury um, <laughs> and he and eileen remained good friends um, but that was my one sermon it was pretty pretty awful i think <laughs> do
0: you remember the subject
1: no, I don't, <laughs> but I do remember the substance and, of teaching that I received on Romans, because this is why it's delighted my heart for you that you brought me back to Romans. I mm. come back to it again and again, um, and I can vividly remember Iveich's Principal Alan Stibbs, opening up the book of Romans and taking us through it step by step, on a Friday morning in the chapel at 7am. <laughs> every, other, every other morning of the year, I was still um, hardly conscious. <laughs> but on a Friday morning in chapel, it was full. And people were soaking up the word of God. And have I told you that um, we always used the same prayer no. And it was a collect for the second Sunday of Advent. And if I just this will help. This is every Friday, you're saying? Every Friday at every college and chapel. Blessed Lord, who has caused all the holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant that we may in such wise hear them, read, mark, learn and inwardly digest them that by patience and comfort of thy holy word we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life which thou hast given us in our savior jesus christ and to me that is the most powerful and potent of prayers And we prayed that as a community, week after week, year after year, Um, and it embedded in us an attitude to the Word of God um, that became so important and foundational. That's why I get excited about Mm. coming back to passage like Romans, Um, and incidentally, 1 Peter as well, on which our vice-principal wrote a commentary, as we used to refer to the um, Who was that? Alan Stibbs. Oh, Stibbs. So we referred to the Stibine Epistle. Oh, right, um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, he, was, he was a lovely man. He spent his initial few years, I think about three years, as a missionary in China with the China Inland Mission, um, CIM as it was in those days. And um, he returned to the UK and immediately took on a post teaching at Oak Hill Theological College and was there for the remainder of his life, had a violent stroke and just after his retirement, and died. he had completed his course.
0: Yeah.
1: He had inspired numerous young students and older students for that matter. Um, and at his Thanksgiving service um, at All Souls Langham Place, there was one bishop and hundreds upon hundreds of godly clergy. Fantastic. That had been impacted by that ministry. Wow. And it was a ministry in which, as I say, honoured the word of God... Mm. Inspired people to love it, learn it and expound it.
0: I don't believe I've seen or read his commentary on one Peter. I should.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's in the um, Tyndale commentary series. Right, yeah.
0: Um, well maybe oh. I have because I have okay. It must be that one then. If it's in it's yeah, if it's in that series I've covered that. Wow.
1: It's um well, thank yeah, you. For he, that. He wrote a few other books, but again, primarily focused on the Word of God. Mm.
0: Your your book there, obviously the listeners don't know this, but it looks very well used, quite old. Is that the collect, is that still the collect for the Second Sunday?
1: of I read that just now from my Book of Common Prayer. Oh,
0: so, okay, got you.
1: And it's, um, this is given to me on ordination as a deacon, and in rem- remembrance of the fellowship in which you have lived at Oak Hill, as a pledge of our prayers, as a reminder that the life of worship is the first essential of fruitful service. Mm. Maurice A.P. Wood. Maurice Arthur Ponsonby Wood. Ponsonby, what a What a handle oh, great name, be landed <laughs> with. <laughs> yeah. oh. It so, was a
0: character. So that collect is still the collect for the second Sunday in Advent. Correct. Mm. And
1: yeah. um, so, if you want to look it up, look it up online. You'll probably nowadays get it in a modern version, but right. that doesn't matter.
0: Yeah. No. Okay. Good. Can I re- just make sure I've got it in my head? Justification and um, uh, and righteousness. I'm going to so justification, mm. just as if I had not sinned. Correct. Righteousness in two forms. One which is given, one which has to be battled for. Indeed, Um, but
1: for which we surrender to the life and work of the Holy Spirit of God. It is the Holy Spirit of God that achieves the changing lifestyle that becomes righteousness. Um, So in the end, it's all down to God. Mm. But one... One is in, in established in the heavenlies by a miraculous event in the past; the other is worked out in daily Christian
0: obedience. Fabulous, Ray. Moving on to the, the second bit of these mm. these verses. So there's this sequence that is spoken about in verse in verse four, really. Yeah. Endurance produces character, character produces hope and hope. What what do you take by that sequence? First
1: of all, Paul uses this technique more than once, I think, um, to take people through a process that's going on. um, And he helps us to understand um, the way in which the purposes of God are worked out in a life that is committed to him and prepared to learn, to grow, to add on as they progress. So I think that we have to say first of
0: all. Um, let's, let's just have a look at it. Because mm. I can see how endurance produces character. That makes sense to me. You know, when we, we, that we can say that in many other, that's, people could relate to that in, in other walks of life as well. But what about character producing hope? Character
1: is to do with the the essence of me, um, which should be, by God's grace, changing all the time, and so that develops within me. It's part. it, It I should be changing internally, as it as it were, in terms of the person that is me. So the person that is me should be coming more, becoming more godly by the enabling of the Spirit of God. Yeah. Um, and that is molded in part in this process. And that's important, I think. Yeah. That
0: makes sense. I, yeah, absolutely. Because if we can then look at ourselves and transformation that has been happening in our lives, yeah. that gives us hope. Yes, isn't it exactly of where we're going yeah. and, what we're be- and what we're becoming?
1: Yeah, there's an, an extension. I'm sort of now thinking of my days as a draftsman and surveyor. Um, how you do an extension of a line and the like. Um, you should be able to see where God is taking you and leading you. Not not predicting the future. Not that at all. Um, But there should be progress. Hmm. Um, And that progress ends up in eternity. Yeah. And that's the hope. We have hope, which is not, I hope so, but I know so, because all of my future rests in Christ
0: and what he has promised. Do you prefer, put us to shame... Or does not disappoint at the end of in verse five. Let's have a look at it. Because mine says put us and hope does not put us to shame. Yeah. But there are I have the NIV I think says does not yeah, disappoint. Yes, does not
1: disappoint. Yeah. Um, I think it's one of the. i without going back
0: into the Greek I. Because um, put us to shame sounds a bit abstract, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, but sometimes. Translators wrestle. Um, With the the Greek language, um, there are many nuances of certain words, um, and the English language doesn't permit of such a range of nuances. Right. Um, And therefore you have to make decisions, and none of those decisions, when you're translating, um, none of those decisions are totally adequate or satisfactory, and I I suspect, without looking it up, this is one such that they've tried to come up with the best they can, Mm. um, when in fact there is a translation that gives all the alternatives, I think it's a very cumbersome translation, But um, I forget what it's called now. The amplified Bible. Oh yes, I've heard
0: of that. I've never used it. Right. Uh, um,
1: that gives you all the potential possible translations of different words. That, now, I for me that confuses rather than helps. Yeah. Um, it's better to leave it with the experts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they'll sometimes, you know, uh, perhaps occasionally will err on the wrong side. I don't know. Hmm. Um, but I wouldn't want to express a preference.
0: Yeah, okay. I appreciate that. So if I had to press you then for a key point to take away or key take that you have, what would you say?
1: Be sure of at least two things, and I'll probably come up with three. (laughs) Never mind. Be sure that your eternal security is established in Christ first point, absolutely foundational and fundamental, that you are made right with God through faith in Christ who died on the cross for you. That's first. Press on with the enabling and gift and work of the Holy Spirit of God by permitting him to change you into the image of Christ and allow you and permit you to grow more holy life. That is only two. That is and, only two. And, that, and that'll do. And I think that's what I would want to take away from this passage.
0: Fantastic. Ray, thanks for your time. Pleasure. See you next week. We do hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to like and subscribe and share with your friends on social media. And please do get in touch with any suggestions or comments you may have. Thanks for listening and see you next time.